0: Alrighty, everybody. Happy Friday. Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast, and I'm just going to say right off the bat, I absolutely loved not having a football game or fantasy decisions to make on a Thursday evening. It was so, so pleasurable. Wiz, how are you?
1: I'm doing good, yeah, and as somebody who runs a couple of these leagues and helps, you know, uh... Give assistance in, in, in another few leagues. It, it, it feels good just not to have to worry about moves. You, everything could have just been pushed back to Friday and Saturday, uh, like most of our leagues have done. Uh, so it's good in terms of that. But uh, there's some, you know, I don't know. There's, the Colts had, uh, I guess, the situation at this point that there are false positive tests. So that game looks okay. Uh, I guess the game that is in somewhat of question once again is the Patriots and uh, the Broncos. Um, I think they've told the Broncos that the game NFL has told the Broncos that the game is going to be taking place, but there was some sort of a positive result um, uh, to the test and the Broncos and the Patriots shut down their facility. So uh, just like every Friday and Saturday at this point, you have to pay attention and, uh, and keep an eye on what's happening. And and hopefully, you know, all the games will go off uh, without any sort of a problem this week.
0: Yeah, and made all the more trickier because we have four of the teams that have a bye week this week. So that complicates a lot of things if, in fact, we do get games pushed back or canceled or what have you. And the likelihood that, you know, I think the risk is rising that we actually end up having there's only so much schedule changing you're going to have uh, before we get an, uh, an opportunity to uh, look forward to a week 18 or 19 in the NFL. We, we hope that's not the case, um, and, and I don't want to go there, but it's going to be hard to keep changing the schedule. It's just not going to work out. So the NFL definitely has a plan. There's no question about that, but it's it's definitely getting very sticky uh, as we go into each and every weekend, as you mentioned. So, um, so yeah, so it's week six. Um a lot going on. As we said, four teams off. The The, the, the uh, Seahawks, the Raiders are going to be off. Uh, who else is off this week? My, my, my mind is spinning right now. I know the Seahawks and Raiders Seahawks, are off. Raiders, the Saints are off. The Saints are off. That's correct. Yep. Uh, it can't, it's not coming to my mind right this second.
1: But there are four well, teams. And the uh, last team that is off this
0: uh, week is the Chargers. Chargers. Okay. So Chargers, Saints, Saints. Chargers, uh, Saints, Raiders, Seahawks, and Raiders. Yep. So, so with that, uh, that, that that gives opportunities, uh, especially as we're forecasting these sort of things. Uh, we we'll probably start talking about some different players, maybe players that we haven't spoken spoken about in a bit. Uh, so, a lot going on. So, let's kick it off. Um, let's kick it off uh, as we head into week um, week number six. Are you concerned? First off, let me just ask you on on some of these injuries. Guys coming back from injury haven't played in a while. A guy like Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, if you have Godwin, I'm, I'm guessing you're going to start him. Are, are you a little bit concerned about a player like that coming back from uh, you know a couple of weeks off? You know, what's kind of your level? I, I,
1: I, I, yeah, I don't think it's all. I don't think
0: I don't think it's one size fits all with these
1: guys that have missed time. Like a guy that has had time off with a hamstring injury, I'm a little bit more concerned than than, than I was with a guy like AJ Brown who was a knee bruise, and that was kind of like. You know, just a pain tolerance thing, and if he could cut a hamstring, I'm just concerned. I'm always concerned about that one. But when you have somebody as elite as Chris Godwin, i got to say the best way to go about it is do what Tampa Bay does. If they have him active, you should have him active. I think it gets a little bit more tricky when you have, you know, a guy that maybe is your third or fourth receiver. Maybe you want to take the wait and see and approach and watch him play a week, but when you're talking about a, a wide receiver who the risk is maybe the game is cut short because of his hamstring acts up, but the reward is, you know, two touchdowns and 140 yards receiving, I think you got to give the player uh, the green light to play. So that's how, you know, do it with that. But I guess, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get to those players. I guess at some point we're going to do. Uh, the love them and leave them segment part where we take the quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And we're going to give a couple of players that we love short things in our minds. uh, Maybe some, deeper sleeper guys uh that you could you know if you're if you're in deeper leagues and you're playing three or four receivers or you want to have a cheap guy in your DraftKings lineup and then we're going to fade one player that is maybe ranked in the top 10 that we don't think deserves that kind of a ranking so uh quarterbacks uh i'll leave it up to you you want to start it or you want me to start it here
0: I'll I'll get us started uh, on on the quarterback position. So I'll give you I'll give you a guy that I really like this week, um, probably outside the top ten. Um, and and you maybe it may be something of a theme as we kind of move forward. But uh, but I have two guys actually in mind. Number one is Kirk Cousins uh, playing against that anemic. Uh, Atlanta Falcon defense and Cousins, I mentioned this on uh, on the podcast the other day, um, that he's actually leading the NFL in completions above uh, over 20 yards. So he's been extremely efficient on the long passes. This passing attack is licking its chops facing the Atlanta Falcons. So I think Kirk Cousins makes his way into the top 10. And I think another guy who's just got confidence, the team's got confidence, they're playing a patsy this week, and Ryan Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick as we call him, uh, will be uh, a a potential top ten quarterback this week. Two guys I'm fading. Same game, Minnesota, Atlanta, I'm fading Matt Ryan. I think uh, Minnesota defense showed me something, especially in that first half against Seattle the other day. And they're home, and I think they're going to rough up this Atlanta Falcon team who's just... Can't get it out of its own way. And a guy I faded last week a quarterback, and I'm fading him again because he's just not playing a top five to seven um, caliber play, uh, even though he's listed as that each and every week. Uh, you know, Wiz, you've talked about this a lot. He's not running as much. I would expect that to be the case again this week. I'm going to continue to fade Lamar Jackson. As long as I see him in, in the top three right now, I'm fading that player in the top three. Yeah, I
1: mean, uh, first, as far as the... You know, Julio, Julio looks like he's going to play. He's left off the injury report today. Does that change your mind at all about the Vikes uh, and, and stopping Matt Ryan, or you, you're still full go fading Matt Ryan? Fading Matt Ryan. All righty. Uh, I have Kirk Cousins as well. Um, you know, is is one of my guys outside the top 12 that I think could get in and be a quarterback one this week. Uh, one that I think is going to finish inside the top five this week is Matt Stafford. Um I think all systems are going to be going for that Lions passing game. I think it took a couple games. Kenny Galladay, you know, played a few games after he came back. Now the bye week. So since his last game, it's been two weeks. I feel Stafford and Galladay are going to have it going on uh, against the Jags. And I I love Matt Stafford. Uh, You know, I think he's a must start. And I think he's going to finish in the top five in, uh, in fantasy this week and uh, two quarterbacks that I'm going to fade. Um, I'm fading Cam Newton. Uh, I don't know. I know they're a big favorite at home against Denver, and maybe you'll see some running. I just don't like the situation. I, I'm just... I am I have to see it to believe it that he's going to uh, come out there and and, and and be and finish inside the top ten of quarterbacks. So I'm, I'm going to fade him as a quarterback one. And then another one... I. A quarterback that I think a lot of people will play if they're playing in flex leagues or you know starting two quarterbacks is I think it's going to be a dreadful day for Baker Mayfield. So I'm fading Baker and I'm fading Cam Newton and I'm loving Carr's uh, cousins, as you said, as well. And uh, Matt Stafford is um, going to finish in the top five this week at quarterback position. So uh, anything else you wanted to add about quarterback? We're ready to move on to the running backs.
0: Why don't you take us off uh, at the running back position?
1: Okay, there's some low-hanging fruit at running back that I'm just going to not mention for the sake of whatever. Like I think Alexander Madison is some low-hanging fruit getting the start for Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, uh, against starting at home against Atlanta. Uh, you mentioned that you think they're going to rough up the Falcons, the Vikings this week, so you very well may have Madison as someone you're loving. I, I mean, I'm going to give him an honorable mention, but again, I just think it's low-hanging fruit that I'm not going to. I'm going to mention, but one player that. I I think you're going to see the Jonathan Taylor show in full form on Sunday. Um, Phillip Rivers, it's been a mess that passing game. That elite offensive line, they're going to give the ball early, often, and all day. I expect Jonathan Taylor to rush for close to 150 yards. Um, I have him uh, not only inside top 12 to be at running back one. I think he very well finished inside the top five or top three at running back this week, so I am loving uh, Jonathan Taylor as my surest of sure things this week at running back. I'm going to continue and keep beating the drum, which I've been saying for the last couple of weeks that Chase Edmonds is the better of that duo with Kenyon Drake. They're playing on a Monday night in a juicy matchup against the Cowboys. And I think you're going to see chase Edmonds running the ball. I think you're going to see him catching the ball. I think you're going to maybe see close to a hundred yards of offense from chase Edmonds and possibly a touchdown as well. So I'm just going to keep the chase Edmonds bandwagon rolling. And uh, I'm looking at a lot of people who have him barely inside the top 25. I think that's wrong. So I'm going with chase Edmonds. Um, david johnson has been kind of like a guy who's been hot and cold and the texans have been bad but i like him in this matchup i think he catches a fair amount of passes in this game i'm liking david johnson um possibly certainly as a running back too he's gonna i believe finish inside the top 20 he may even finish inside the top 15 so i'm loving uh, Dustin I mean not just let not say Dustin Johnson thinking of the golf David Johnson uh, as my third running back that I think could approach running back one. And I'm fading a running back who's inside the top ten. I'm fading Miles Sanders this week. Uh that line is beat up and i we've talked about this and i've mentioned this over and over and over i don't necessarily love starting players going up against the ravens not because i think their de- the defense is good but not because like i think their defense is completely unstoppable it's because of the ravens offense and that ball control and that running game they and they take up so much time of possession and especially in this game they really may be controlling the clock so i don't love starting players offensively against him so I'm loving Taylor I'm loving Chase Edmonds I'm loving uh David Johnson and I'm giving a big old fade to Miles Sanders what say you at running back in week six
0: It's a good thing uh and we don't talk like we said it's a good thing I I wrote down uh three three names at each position uh this week because uh two of the names that we have um are the same, uh, so I had Taylor and Edmonds as well. So we don't talk. And and Miles Sanders on the negative side, uh, I, I'm in full agreement. I don't, I don't think that game script is going to work out particularly well for Sanders. You know, last week he did break off that really long run, but outside of that, he couldn't get anything going, and that line is just absolutely decimated. So. In sympathy with you there. Uh, I'll mention two other names at running back, guys, I like this week. And and there's going to be a theme that's common theme even when we do the, the player prop situation. But I've talked a little bit about this. I think we're going to start to see a little bit more of the young guys get in there, get action, as they've had some game action under their feet. We know we didn't have a preseason. So two guys that I think are going to have probably bigger games than you think this week. Number one, DeAndre Swift. And number two, J.K. Dobbins. So I like both of those players to make a bit more noise than they have in the last few weeks. You know, Detroit's coming off of a bye week, but I can't see Adrian Peterson touching the ball 20 to 25 times every game through the rest of the season. And I think the bye week is a a good time to start working on that. So I think we'll see more of Mr. Mr. Swift. And the same thing goes for J.K. Dobbins. Now, the two other other running backs, and I'm going to fade. You know, Wiz has talked about this. I've talked about this. Playing running backs against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers front. Now, I know they lost Vita Vea, but I'm going to fade Aaron Jones this week as a result of that. And the second guy, you know, you mentioned Baker Mayfield. I'm concerned about Cleveland moving into this game, especially the receivers are both kind of hobbled. But Kareem Hunt, I see him listed by most people in Right around the top five area. I'm going to fade Kareem Hunt this week. Uh, I just think it'll be a tough sledder, a tougher sledding against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. I know you've mentioned the defense hasn't been playing well. I think we get a little bit different uh, emphasis by that defense this week.
1: All right. Some very interesting uh, picks there. Some uh, interesting fades and in, uh, players, similar players that we uh, we both have on our love list this week. So let's move on to the position that has the most quality depth that makes for very interesting picks to love and leave. So what say you, wide receiver,
0: week six? Tell us your thoughts. I'm going to tell you who I think the best receiver this week is going to be the best play. I think, um, I don't know, I haven't looked at DraftKings yet, but you know, after last week when he had 16 targets and his quarterback is lasered in on him and the other options there just aren't there and they're playing a defense that's definitely a little bit weaker, I think Allen Robinson's going to be the number one receiver in fantasy this week. So he's probably kind of at the back end of the top 10, I would say, but I think he's going to have an elite performance this week. I'm going to go with two rookies uh, to make a lot of noise. Uh, DJ Shark is beat up. Um, I think that game is going to be an interesting game from an offensive standpoint. Uh, They really have begun to start using LaVisca Chenault a little bit more. So I like both LaVisca Chenault and Justin Jefferson to make a lot of noise this week. They're going to be ranked probably outside of the top 20, 25, but I think both of those guys have big weeks this week. And those are guys that I want um, at the receiver position. And I'm going to fade two sets of teams receivers this week. The matchups um, has, has something to do with it and and obviously a change in situation. So I'm going to fade the Dallas Cowboy playmakers this week. Um, I even know they're playing at home. Usually that's good for Amari, Amari Cooper. Uh, but I'm a little bit concerned. I think this is going to be a game where they lean on uh, Ezekiel Elliott a little bit more. So I'm going to fade the Dallas Cowboy offensive weapons this week at, at the receiver position. And I'm also going to fade a team that's been red hot. I love what they've been doing. They've won their last three games, even without Christian McCaffrey. But the Chicago Bears have not allowed more than 16 points for a fantasy receiver all year. And I'm going to fade the Carolina Panther wide receivers this week.
1: Yeah, so I'll get to my fade first because in, in in a way you have the same fade. I I'm I'm feeding I'm feeding DJ Moore this week and uh yeah, I think I think it in, in through five games the Bears have given one one touchdown to a wide receiver. Um, they really play well against receivers. They try and take that away. So uh, as well as Carolina's offense has been going, my fate will be the same as yours. I'm assuming you fading Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel and all those guys and all of the Cowboys guys. So my fate is the same DJ Moore. Now I'm going to get to the wide receivers. I love, and I have a doozy on this list. So um, my first uh, receiver that I, I love is a sure thing is Kenny Galladay reasons why I love Matt Stafford. I think he shake you know, shook off that that ring rust those few games he came back by week. I think you're gonna see Kenny Galladay, the same wide receiver who you felt was going to be the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy football. I think you're going to see that guy this week in this matchup against the Jags and I think he's gonna go wild. I like Juju Smith-Schuster this week. I know Chase Claypool is the talk of the town. I get that. His four-touchdown game, Deontay Johnson has already been ruled out, and everyone's going crazy to pick up Chase Claypool. And even the one-league guy picked him up. I, I, I get all of that. But I think you're going to see Juju Smith-Schuster early and often in this game. I think he's going to have a lot of catches this week. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit further down the list here, a wide receiver that's probably, I don't know, due to how quiet he's been for most of the year. Basically how quiet he's been for like the last year and five games, Christian Kirk. Uh, I love this matchup. Um, I, I I just, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stop. Picking and playing in draft, on DraftKings uh, wide receivers going up against the Cowboys, and I, I I love this player this week, and Christian Kirk I don't know he may, you know, not even be ranked in the top. 40. He may not even be, you know, ranked in top, you know, wide in wide receiver three form. He may be even ranked after that. So he may be looked at it as a fourth receiver, a flex, around the 40th receiver. But I love Christian Kirk this week. And then... I am going to give a receiver that probably is not even ranked in the top 100 this week. But this is something that you're going to have to wait till Sunday to see if, the, if a player is ruled out. So you mentioned the game, but I like a different receiver in the game. Um, if you see that DJ Shark has been ruled out for the Jags, I am giving out my 3,000 salary sleeper on DraftKings. Colin Johnson, who probably many people listening to this podcast have never heard of. Uh he's probably not ranked at any of the top hundred receivers. If you find a, a place that ranks the top hundred receivers for week six, but Colin Johnson is a is the receiver. When I look at that team, it's it's not Mike Conley, it's Colin Johnson, the one that resembles the most of the things that DJ Shark can do on the field. He had a good game last week. I'm picking Colin Johnson, who, like I said, is probably not even listed if you looked at the top 100 receivers. If you wake up on Sunday and you see the inactives and you see DJ Shark is out, I am suggesting that you sprinkle in at 3,000 some Colin Johnson as my dark cost wide receiver of the
0: week. I love that one. He's a big, big guy. six six. Really is. <laughs> He's a big, athletic guy, and... I don't know. We
1: saw what happened when 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 Shark missed that last game and what Conley did in that game. I he's, mean, he's, he he was awful, out. awful. He committed more penalties than he caught balls in that game.
0: Yeah, he was a horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. He
1: was, he was horrendous. So I'm gonna go with Colin Johnson. He's a, he's a big athletic guy and uh, like I said, if you wake up on Sunday and see that DJ Shark is out go on DraftKings or had FanDuel, whatever you're doing, put them in a few of your lineups, and that's the way you make a big hit. It gives you so much owner leverage, ownership leverage, and then you're allowed to really load up on some of the front-line guys that we've talked about that we think are, are kind of like sure things this week. So let's. with that being said, let's move to tight end. We actually have more on my list than any other position. I have three that I really love and two that I'm fading. So one guy that I love this week uh, is a player that I faded for the season and almost every week, Evan Ingram. I think he has a good game against the Washington football game, uh, team this week. I'm really enjoying him. I think that Lion offense is going to be rolling, so I'm going to go with TJ Hawkinson. And I know they had a bye week, and maybe people have forgotten how athletic the player is, but I love Robert Tanyan to finish as a tight end one this week. Maybe right around ranked at somewhere between 10 and 15 but I think he's going to finish uh, clearly inside the top 10 and I'm fading two guys who were probably both ranked when the season started at the position one is a top 3 or 4 guy and the other is a top 5 or 6 guy I'm fading Zach Ertz and I'm fading Tyler Higbee until I see differently, until I see my eyes see something different on the field from these two guys, the way they're being used, the way they're playing especially Ertz, I don't know, he doesn't look like the same guy to me and he Higby, the way they're using him is kind of hot and cold. I'm fading Ertz. I'm fading Higby. Do you have any thoughts or any of those five guys on your list this week?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, Mr. Ertz is on my list. Uh, and I think, you know, part of it, too, is – it is probably dependent on the fact that the Eagle offensive line is so maligned that he's going to have to stick around and block a lot more. Um, in the last two weeks have been a disaster, and I don't see that changing at all, so I'm right with you on Ertz. Similar to what you said on Higby, I'm going to throw a guy on there, and he's actually coming into this week a little bit banged up. He was a guy that I thought would be a top 10, easy top 10 uh, tight end, but he just can't Get going at all in any way, shape, or form. I'm going to fade Hayden Hurst until further notice. I have to see that okay. player. I have to see that player perform before I can put him in there. Very similar to Higby. Very similar mindset. But I had Ertz. Er, I had Ertz and Hurst. You had Ertz and Higby. But we're thinking very similarly in terms of our rationale. Sure.
1: And uh, tell us about some of the guys that you absolutely love this week at the position.
0: Okay, so you took Tanyan, so that's uh, that's one. So I won't mention anything further, and I agree, coming off the bye week, again, even though Devontae Adams is back, you know, I don't love the rest of the receiving core, especially with Lazard out for Green Bay, so I'm right with you there. And then two guys I think are going to continue to build upon their recent successes. One guy's kind of made some noise in two weeks in a row. The other guy last week, it's about time they got him involved. But I'm going Irv Smith Jr., and I'm going Trey Burton. This week. The receiving core for the Colts definitely needs some help behind. I don't know, behind everybody because T.Y. Hilton's playing like crap. Um, We know there's no Michael Pittman Jr., there's no Paris Campbell, and he's been sneaking his way up in terms of snap count. So I'm going to stick with Trey Burton uh, having a good week this week. Hopefully that game gets played. And Irv Smith Jr. last week coming off that 4-for-64 event. He's going against the Falcons who can't stop anybody. So those are the two other tight ends that I like this week in addition to Tanyan
1: a question about the Irv Smith situation as a Viking fan. Do you feel that... So the two players that I want to make the comparison with, are Irv Smith and Justin Jefferson, do you feel that when one of those guys are going to have that big week, and this is what it seems that it's been, since Jefferson's like, kind of like stepped up there, this seems that it's been the case, that when one of those two players has a big week, the other guy is completely quiet. Do you see that as a parallel going forward, or do you see a scenario where, you know, Thielen's going to get his stuff. That's guaranteed. Do you see a situation, a scenario, if you will, that as much as the Vikings want to run the ball, you could see Irv Smith and Jefferson have both have good fantasy games? Or do you think this is going to be the case where you're going to have to kind of guess which one of them has the good game because the other guy is going to be quiet?
0: I think this is, first off, this week is the perfect, perfect matchup given your opponent. And actually, you have a confident quarterback – and they don't have, you know, Dalvin Cook's not going to be there this week. So not, not that to take, we, we know that uh, Madison is probably one of the top two or three handcuffs in the NFL. We talked about that ad nauseum, uh, you know, in the preseason and, and, and throughout. So... We like the player, no question about it. But I just think this is a team where you continue to open it up, you pound away. So for this week, I certainly see that being the case. And look, Irv Smith is just more athletic. B.C. Johnson has kind of been phased out lately. So I can see a scenario where Smith ends up being the third pass catcher in this offense, and maybe we started to see the beginnings of that last week. So, and this is the perfect matchup, like I said, to kind of build upon that success last week.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, yeah, so we'll have to we'll have to see, you know, how that plays out. But if there's ever going to be a situation where everybody, you know, who gets drafted or you know, you put in your lineup from the Vikings could have a big week. This this could be the week that they all have a good week. But you know, before we get into the, the gambling aspect of the podcast. This is the thing about handcuffs, right? Like, people always concern oh, I drafted a starting running back. Let me get my handcuff. No, no. The thing is, you want to get a handcuff that actually can get in there and do something. Like, Madison, if he was to be the guy for an extended period of time, he'll be a top 10 fantasy pick every single week. Pollard, if he got in there for the Cowboys, he'd be a top 10 guy. So, like, if you draft Chris Carson, don't be in such a rush to get Carlos Hyde or DJ Dallas or Travis Homer. Like, all of those guys are going to either split time with each other or even if they get the lion's share, they're not going to be as good. But so – When it comes to his handcuffs, don't worry about getting your handcuff. Worry about getting a handcuff that if he's given the chance to do something about it, he's going to do something about it. So many of these guys get the chance and, like, um, they they just don't have the ability or the situation uh, or the opportunity to, to, to be a fantasy factor. So... When it comes to handcuffs pick and choose the, the talent and the ability of the player you know it's 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 more important than just getting your handcuff because that handcuff can be a complete waste of time
0: yeah I think that's well said I think mean, that's definitely well said and i and, and and actually I saw in a few leagues this week you know I, I can't I couldn't even believe that Madison was available in a couple of leagues this I just did not you know like yeah, I said yeah. I, I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe it
1: yeah thanks exactly exactly. So, all righty, uh, let's let's move along to the wagering aspect of this. Let's start off with the games that we like versus the spread. I, I only really looked at it and liked one or two, so I'll let you have first crack at this uh, with sides and totals with the games this week. All of them on Sunday with the exception of the two games, the Chiefs, Bills, and Cardinals, and Cowboys on Monday. We'll do a a podcast on Monday to talk about those two games. So let's talk about the games that are being played on Sunday.
0: How many of them do you love? Uh, Two. Too. so I like the Alrighty, uh, and, uh, uh, yep I, so ahead. I like the over uh, in the Lions and Jaguar game uh, at plus 54 and a half and uh, you know we talked a lot about the Falcons and, and Vikings I, I like the way the Vikings played last week Vikings laying four at home against the Falcons I'm taking the Vikings this week
1: all right and I I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with one game this week um, I'm gonna go with the 49ers um plus three at home against the Rams. And I know I've had a negative view against the Niners, but I kind of think the Rams are living a lie right now. And I just don't think they're, I think they're four and one record. If you really break it down, the four wins are against that NFC East. Um, and I, You know, some of those games were a lot closer. The Giant game, uh, opening week against the Cowboys. I mean, um, um, yeah, I think that 4-1 is not a true indicator or indicative really of how good or not so good the team is and i don't know i know the 49ers took an absolute shellacking at home against the dolphins last week but they're getting three points at home i think they could beat the rams this week so that is my pick the
0: 49ers plus three over the rams
1: so are are we ready to move on
0: to some player props here by the way i like i like that pick I do like that pick, and you know, again, you've beaten the NFC. That's that's your four wins. So, and, and I said this, I think, on one of the podcasts. Let's see what happens when you start to play some real competition. Not not, not to say that San Francisco's earned the right as real competition, especially what we saw last week. But but the, their schedule has been very kind to them in the early part of the season, uh, at least that, that that for the Rams, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the Niners are kind of like you don't know, want to say in Week Six it's a must game, but how many games can they spot the entire, how can they, how many games could they spot the other three teams in the NFC West if they lose this game? I mean, they are going to be at least, you know, four games behind the Seahawks and Rams if they lose this game. I mean, so I hate to say it's like a must win in week six, but it's kind of a must win in week six. And, uh, you know, I, I, They'll come up, and I think they'll be kind of ready for this game. So it's a combination of that, and I think the Rams, like I said, are kind of living a lie at at a 4-1 record. So are we ready to talk about some player
0: props? Yeah, absolutely. Why don't you start that off?
1: All right, so I'm going to start the player props, and uh, I'm going to go with the three that I just absolutely love. Uh, I'm going Matt Stafford, over 285 yards. I, I just think that offense is just raring and ready to go and uh I think it's going to be a combination of a lot of things um I think Kenny Galladay is going to be all systems go I think to your point I think DeAndre Swift is going to be much more involved and he can really take a short swing pass and 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 go the distance he can pick up some big yards in the passing game so I'm loving Matt Stafford over 285 yards and the second one, I mean, I'm just, I like Galladay over, but I think he could spread the ball around that game where a bunch of guys have 65, 70 yards. So um, I'm, I'm going to just love Matt Stafford over. It could be Marvin Jones day where he has a big game, Hawkinson as well. So I'm more confident about Stafford. And the other one I'm just absolutely loving, I'm sure of, is Jonathan Taylor's going over 82 and a half yards rushing. That game. He's going to get carries in that game. Uh, there's no way that he's not going to four yards a carry against uh, at home against the Bengals. 82 and a half is a complete joke. Um, that one I just think is an absolute sure thing. I'm as confident about that one as I was about Mike Davis going over receptions and yardage. So I'm loving Matt Stafford over. I'm loving Jonathan Taylor over rushing. Those are the two plays I love. Those are the two plays I'm wagering on. Go ahead, have at it. Tell us all your prop. That's,
0: that you love this week. Okay so I got I got a group of them they're kind of thematic uh, so I, I've talked about Allen Robinson he's been over 74 yards in four of his five games. Uh, I think it's 74 and a half is the is the line right now for his uh, receiving yards so I'm taking the over Allen Robinson receiving yards. I'm going right back on that Mike Davis bandwagon. I can't believe it's 37-and-a-half again for receiving yards. I'm going to go right back on the over there. And I'm going to add one more player to that mix on, on receiving yards, and that's Antonio Gibson. I think he's a player. And like I said, there's going to be some themes around some of these over unders. I like a lot of these young guys as the season wears on to continue to emerge. They're playing against a giant defense, not a great defense. The over under is 22 and a half yards receiving. They're starting to get him the ball in the passing game more. I think this will be a closer game than last week's game in terms of competition. So I love 22 and a half yards receiving, the over for Antonio Gibson. So some unders I like this week, and for reasons why I like young guys kind of being sprinkled in, and I see that Miami Jet game going the wrong way fast. So Frank Gore, I think the line for his rushing yards is 49 and a half. And I believe that J.K. Dobbins will be much more involved in the in the running game in Baltimore this week. Mark Ingram's at 46.5 over under. I'm going to fade Mark Ingram there. And two quarterbacks I'm fading this week. I'm fading. We wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, I just wanted to keep track of it. So you, Gore, go, you're going under?
0: Gore under. Ingram under. Okay. And Gore
1: under. Ingram under. Uh, Gore I'm looking at right now is some of the people out there that are, you know, are looking, waiting for the line. So Gore under is 49 and a half. And what's Ingram?
0: 46 and a half.
1: 46 and a half. Do you, are you going to go for the double hit there? Are you going to go for under Ingram and over J.K. Dobbins?
0: Uh, I don't think, I, don't, I haven't, I haven't, Dobbins wasn't on when I originally looked at this. I did not see Dobbins on there. Is he on there now?
1: Let me, yeah, let me me take a quick look at uh, the player props right now for the Raven game. I'm on there. So rushing yards, Ingram. It's funny. It's just so funny. they got Ingram, they got Lamar Jackson, they got Gus Edwards, but they do not have J.G. Dobbins. So maybe as it gets closer to game time, so you'll look about that. So did you have uh, any other fades at, the, at
0: the running back, any other unders that you liked? Uh, I'm fading two quarterbacks passing numbers. I'm fading Andy Dalton at 289.5 yards passing. As I alluded to, I don't love the Dallas receiving core this week, the first game under their belt. I, I, first of all, I, I think Arizona's going to kind of have their way with the Cowboys. I, I really do. I, I don't like the Cowboys in this game. Um, but I think it'll be a rough go of it for, for Dalton in his first start as a Cowboy. It'll be a little bit more challenging. That's a big number, two eighty nine and a half out
1: and half right out of the box. Huh? That's, uh, it's a big number. Interesting. It's, it's funny. I'm, I'm looking at this right now, and uh, this is so interesting. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen this. They have Andy Dalton
0: and Kyler Murray exactly at 289 and a half. Yeah, that's that's a lot of yards. That's a lot of yards. It's just... uh, just Right here
1: is exactly at 289.5. That is so interesting.
0: All right, Ian, what was the other... You had another quarterback fade, didn't you? Yeah, I did, actually. When it started, the line was 246.5. It's down to 240.5. My reasoning behind this is um, there's no Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton comes into this game a little bit beat up. The giant offensive line's not particularly good. Chase Young is playing in this game. I do like the way the Washington front seven is played. I think Daniel Jones is going to be running around a lot for his life this week. It was two forty six and a half. It's down to two forty and a half now. I'm going to take the under on Daniel Jones passing yards this week.
1: Wow, oh, okay, yeah, maybe you gave it out to one of your buddies, and uh, maybe uh, one of them, uh, you know, took a big, a big uh, wager on and knocked it down from two forty six to two forty. Yeah, that's or where that's you, where uh, I have it written down. It's yeah, two. But, uh... I,
0: I have it written down as forty six and a half, and I just looked down. And it's 240 and a half. Yeah, so. I'm looking right at it now, 240 and a half as well. Excellent.
1: So you've got a bunch of you. Got all, see, that's the way to do it. I, I just think you can. I know people love to play overs with the betting on, you know, under and overs on games, and they love betting over, and you always want to bet props over. But honestly, you have to pick and choose your spots, and you got to sprinkle in some all overs, and even though it's rough to root for points not to be scored, or it's rough to root for no yardage, or lack of yardage, or a play to be stopped, kind of you have to pick unders once in a while when you like them. You just can't be afraid. Everything is not going to go over. I know the more comfortable bet when it comes to wagering on unders and overs, talked about this with my friends for such a long time. But... But you have to not be able to be, you know, you just can't be afraid to take an under, whether it's a total in a football game or an under in a prop bet, because, um, you know, if you have a conviction or under, just just go with it. So uh, I like that you are sprinkling in overs
0: as well. Yeah, I think you have to think that way. You just have to think that way. You can't just and, and, I, and I think uh, I don't know what the actual percentage is. Um, I remember, you know, we've done some some pools together where, you know, you, you if you look at statistical breakdowns, and I think, you know, most times I see I think some somewhere in the neighborhood of 70% people are actually leaning towards favorites when they're when they're picking games. This is actual game lines. I, I find that number very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm just chuckling to myself. I'm looking at these NFL totals, and I know the average score of the NFL game, the total has been higher than 50. It's been over 50, the average score. And, man, I remember betting on sports and wagering on sports and the unders and overs. They'd be in the high 30s, 37 and a half, 41 and a half sometimes. And then if you get like two really good offensive teams, like the, like the Fouts Chargers or against another good offense, it would actually be like maybe 46 and a half or 47 F. Now a, a game that's considered defensive minded, um, the lowest total would be the highest total years ago that's how much the game has changed and then that's how much they want there to be points and uh that's how much they want there to be high scoring games so uh yeah the I'm rule, it, chuckle well, at myself at these totals
0: but the rules have really worked against uh, defenses right the new the, the, the offensive rules have worked against the, de, the what defenses can do today versus what they could do uh you know in yeah, years yeah, back well
1: when, when you sit back and like somebody like us who, who – has watched football for for a long time now and remembers football from even the late 70s and mid 70s and 80s. You have to think, my goodness, what the heck would Dan Fouts and Marino and Elway in this offense, as big and strong as those quarterbacks were, what would they be, what kind of numbers would they be putting up? In in this offensive game, where if you hit a quarterback too high, it's penalty. If you come at his legs, it's a penalty. If you if you touch the receiver more than four or five yards from the line of scrimmage, it's a penalty. You know, pass defensive pass interference. The ball's marked at the one yard line. You know, it's it's, it's, it's the game. It just lends itself to offense, and you just think to yourself, my goodness. What would these quarterbacks, if they were playing in a cushy dome, um, what would they do? It's it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to think what kind of numbers, passing yards and touchdowns in today's game, with today's rules, what would they put up? I I think it would be astonishing to see.
0: So I'm going to be watching these over-unders very closely, actually. So... In the last two seasons, uh, there's been a steady progression from the start of the season to the end of the season, and, and certainly weather plays a, a hand in it, without a doubt. Uh, there's also you, you start to get more teams repeating performances, especially in division rivals playing one another, which there's a lot more information and a lot more knowledge about the you know your your opponent. So as the season progresses, we've seen a very steady drop in over-unders the last two seasons from September to December. Almost 25% less points scored by time we get around to the last four or five weeks of the season – versus what we saw at the start of the season. I have noticed some of these over-unders start to trickle down a little bit. You know, we're not in the heart of tough weather or anything like that, but we are getting ready for more division matchups and stuff like that. So it's just something to kind of keep in mind. That's what's happened the last two years. We've had a steady decline, like I said, in over-unders from the start of the season to the end of the season.
1: Yeah, and I also think, like, watching and I just get the impression – The NFL had to sit down with the referees and said, listen, under this current environment, we don't want these refs and the players to be out there for four hours. We don't want you to call holding every single play. We understand it could be called on every play. And I just think those plays, which are drive killers that on a you know a third down conversion it's called back and now it's third and 17. It, it, those are drive killers and you know without the referee throwing the flags for those kind of plays and letting the offense go and, and these drives continuing it just lends itself a point so uh, I, I think when I watch the game I, I just get the impression that the NFL and the refs had to sit down and said listen you know under this environment, let them play and, and let's, let's not be you know uh, picky with these holding calls and we, don't, we just don't want them to be out there for four hours. And I'm sure the referees are thrilled not to be out there for four hours and uh, are happy to have a game that's moving along. But in that type of situation, with the offense the way it is and with the defense being limited to what they could do to the quarterback and the receivers when they run down the field, and if you're not going to call holding penalties, you're just going to have high-scoring games. It's just a mathematical equation.
0: Yep. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All righty. So uh, that'll wrap it up for, unless you have anything further to add, I do not.
1: Um, I guess we'll be back on, on Monday, but if something, you know, happens uh, developing, I guess we may come back, uh, you know, tomorrow or very early on Sunday morning, if something happened with a game or something newsworthy, we could do that. But otherwise uh, I guess that's a wrap until uh, Monday before we talk about the two Monday night games.
0: I just love the Monday doubleheader. And please, I wish the NFL would watch this too. The, the, Thursday's no good. No more. No yeah. more Thursday. I, I
1: love the, the night uh, double headers on Monday. I, I love that five, eight thirty, or six and nine, or even move it to seven and ten. I, I just love that. It, it's like a, it's like double barrel. You're getting the beauty of that on Monday, and then you're you're removing that poor product of these players having to play on Thursday after three days of rest. So um, I, I think it's a win-win having these
0: Monday night double headers. Absolutely. All right, Wiz. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, we'll talk on Monday. You got it. Take care.